Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro. Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 183, brought to you by Fandango. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, or click the Fandango link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, Glenn, uh, Avengers Endgame tickets going fast? I'm sure you, people can still find them, obviously, but uh, I've heard the... I don't know if you've actually heard this room. Have you heard that uh, some places... I'm guessing in certain markets that opening night tickets have completely sold out and people are resaling them uh, for a lot of money. Have you heard this? I have not, but I am 100% not surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I'd have to imagine that like big markets like L.A. or New York or something where this might happen. I I can't imagine in like small towns that the opening night tickets are being completely sold out everywhere and people are reselling, you know, like, I don't know, like tickets in Midland, Michigan for a thousand dollars for opening night. I can't imagine that to be the case. Uh, I presume this would only be in large cities where tickets might sell out, but, uh, man, and and you know what? That's gotta be, I think you gotta reevaluate your life. If you're willing to buy resale tickets for a movie, it's yeah. like, this isn't like a sporting event or you know, something that's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, you're, you're definitely going to have ses- subsequent days that you can see it. But I guess if you just want to be the first one to talk about it and you're afraid to spoil it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this is how good I've been about not spoiling myself uh, with uh, Endgame. Uh, it's, and it's rare that I... S- stray away from spoilers because usually I don't mind them, but every now and again, I like to treat myself and not be spoiled by stuff, but I'm pretty proud of how well I've avoided spoilers because it was like yesterday I think, I learned that somebody somewhere had was at like a screening in some other country for the movie and filmed like a big chunk of it or something Uh, or at least a chunk of it with a bunch of, like, really huge, heavy spoilers in it, apparently, and released it into the the interweb world, Uh, got onto Reddit and et cetera, et cetera, and I had no idea. I've not seen it. I don't know what's in it. So I guess I'm proud, but I didn't even know that happened. So apparently it did, though. Uh, I think I saw, like, a Nerdist News video where they were like, this happened, but we're not actually, we're not going to bother telling you what happened in it because we want to preserve uh, the, the spoiler effect. I think they even turned off comments in their video so trolls couldn't post about it or something. I'm sure that wouldn't stop them from going to any number of their other videos, though, and posting trolly comments about it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing, this Endgame movie. I'm sure we'll talk about it, Glenn, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. The movie doesn't even come out for, like, another week. So, there are other things to discuss. Uh, first, 
Uh, let's talk about the our first look at Joker. I, th- I thought it was going to be the Joker, but apparently it's just Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film, uh, which I thought at one point was supposed to be like, wasn't there talk at one point that it was going to be directed by Scorsese? I think he's producing it or something, right? Uh, I don't know if he's a producer of it, but I mean... I think his name is attached to it somewhere. Yeah, I, I know the whole thing is that Todd Phillips wanted to make a Martin Scorsese movie. Yes, yes. Um, so we got a... Robert De Niro's in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it... Yeah, you can definitely tell what, what they're trying to do. So you got a good look at it. Uh, they didn't reveal a lot. Uh, we do know that this exists outside of the current Justice League canon of films, whatever that even is anymore. Uh, We'll talk about that when we review Shazam a little later. Uh, Because it kind of exists and it kind of doesn't. This clearly exists outside of that. Uh, What did you think of the, the, the first look we got at it? Um... I think we always say this with teasers, or at least I do. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely like Joaquin as the Joker. I definitely like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know if Boomers approves. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. it. I like that it looks and feels different. I mean, that's definitely something we're going to talk about with Shazam. I'm fine with all these one-off stories. Um personally, mm-hmm. as long as they do something different. I mean, that was the thing we had talked about with Marvel, especially once they started really finding their footing as they started going off into different genres. You know, I know something James Gunn talked about, like once they started making genre films within their, within their characters, that's really where things got interesting. Yeah. And the argument of, oh, it's all the same, like, eh, kind of. I mean, they kind of definitely have a formula, but you can always, each film does feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, in that respect, and so at least if, if this is the direction they're going to go, they're going to go on one extreme where something's going to be R and incredibly dark, and and just have you know senseless murder. I'm okay with that. And then on one end of the spectrum, you're going to have something like Shazam that really feels like a you know a kid movie from you know when you're like nine or ten kind of yeah. thing. So I'm to me, I'm okay with it. It's just I hope the execution is good. But as far as what I see in the trailer. Um, it seems interesting. Yeah. Uh, it looks totally different than any of the other recent comic book movies. Uh, actually, it was far more reminiscent of like the Nolan Batman movies to me, I guess. Although it doesn't take place in that continuity either. But the look and feel of it felt more like something he'd make uh it didn't feel quite as Zack Snydery or uh you know anything along those lines uh grounded and realistic uh that sort of thing which is different than dark and gritty and comic booky uh Joaquin Phoenix you can definitely say this about Joaquin Phoenix in this trailer he is acting Glenn uh (laughs) He is. There's a lot of acting going on in this performance, and I mean, I think this was kind of like the major draw, wasn't it? 
uh, because this is one of the things that Joaquin Phoenix is sort of best known for. Uh, it's kind of like his deep dives into his characters. So, you know, what would he, what would he is the joke? What would that look like? Uh, we got a pretty good glimpse of it here. Uh, I think this is, I mean, you know, you, you said it, it's a teaser trailer. It's often difficult to really tell what the film is going to be like, especially in this day and age where trailers have kind of morphed into their own subgenre of marketing. I think Marvel kind of does this the most where the trailer is kind of like a, almost like a video game trailer that you see for a game that's not coming out for two years where it's like this footage might not be representative of the final product. Uh, you know, Marvel is sort of famous for putting in context or leaving out context or adding things in that don't even appear in the film purely for marketing purposes. So I don't think they've done anything like that in this trailer, but uh, if anything, trailers are now feel like kind kind of like less representative of what the film is going to be like than they ever have before. Uh, so it's hard to tell what the movie itself is going to be like. Uh, but uh, based off of what I've seen so far, my intuition is that it's going to be good. Yeah. I, mean, I know they showed that CinemaCon, they showed a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. And apparently that was like that was like the big creme de la creme of, of what was shown. That and uh, I think it, they said like Maleficent was the other one, even though it didn't have like finished effects. Like that was the one that everyone's like, oh yeah, this looks Yeah. Uh, and apparently Aladdin looked as bad as, as we think it looked. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was, but, uh, you know, the thing with the Joker deal is, you know, they, they you know, everyone... You can tell in a trailer, but they all say it looks like Taxi Driver. It's a mix of Taxi Driver and, uh, God, the other one that I can't I mean, Taxi Driver is the one I've heard of the most. Like, they people showed some, like, shot-by-shot comparisons where it's like, oh, there's yeah. clearly <laughs> some stuff. Like, Robert De Niro is the talk show host. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very similar uh, things, but... I don't know. I uh, I mean, obviously, he's, he's aiming for that Scorsese aesthetic. Looks like he nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I love the poster, too. Uh, yeah. I, I think that... It's been really good marketing. It's been a while since we've had a beautiful poster. Mm-hmm. I, like, that's the one thing I'll say with Marvel. For the most part, their posters aren't anything incredible. Yeah, I mean, they're okay. Yeah, they're all, but they're all kind of the same. I, I have a lot of friends that love anime, so anytime there's a new Marvel poster, they always just show the anime version of it. Like, <laughs> it, I'm not saying that they rip them off or anything, but man, there's a lot of similarities between, oh, between yeah. a lot of their posters with with the, with the I, stuff. I think what you're saying is there's a difference between a poster where you're like, oh, that looks good, and then a poster where it's like, you know what? I'd put that in my room. I'd frame yeah, that. Yeah. That's artistic. That is like vi- there was a uh, like that one Dark Knight Rises one where his uh, mask is broken on the ground with the rain and veins in the background. Like that's a good one. Yep. Um, I think the first Guardians poster good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to think. There just has it. There's has a poster in a while that I was like, oh great. But most of it's because it's all Photoshop now, and he's so 
Yeah. It's kind of hard to... Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Star Wars. There's a couple of Star Wars things to discuss. Uh, I mean, technically, there could be potentially a lot of Star Wars things to discuss because they just did Star Wars Celebration. And they... Uh, they announced all sorts of things. What was that, Glenn? And Disney Plus. Oh yeah! Oh my God! I forgot. We didn't even. I. We should probably talk about Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> that is that is kind of a big deal. Uh, that's going to be happening uh, in November, right? Isn't that when it comes out? Yes. Uh, Five ninety nine. That's not too bad. Yeah. So they are. <laughs> they are doing the the diapers dot com thing. If you if you know the story about. Um, diapers.com it was a, obviously a place that sold diapers and Amazon was like we want a piece of that action we want to buy you diapers.com was like no nah, we're good thanks so Amazon was like alright assholes we'll just undercut you and we'll sell diapers for way cheaper than you're selling diapers and then it'll hurt your business and then we'll buy you and then that's what they did uh, I'm not saying Disney is aiming to buy Netflix here, but they are most certainly undercutting Netflix. Netflix's prices are going up, and Disney is launching... Um, well, it depends. Okay, so here from Variety, they're saying it's starting at six ninety nine, which is still less than uh, Netflix um, at the moment. Uh, so they're still, uh, they're still undercutting them. Uh, but holy cow, they, so they announced a bunch of stuff, like tons of stuff. Uh, it's actually too much to go through, but, uh, yeah, they announced some Disney plus announced some technical, uh, some technical bits and pieces like, uh, they'll allow offline, you know, downloading for offline viewing, uh, you know, customizable, you know, essentially what, Netflix or Hulu has uh, cu customizable uh, different users, things like that. Uh, so people can have like their own uh, cues uh, a la Netflix. So that stuff's not that uh, dissimilar. But I actually don't know if Netflix does uh, downloading for offline viewing. I actually have no idea. They do. Okay. So, uh, so that's a pretty common thing. Uh, yeah, they, they do it on mobile devices, like on your phone. You download yeah, so they announced that they are uh, like the some of the stuff that Disney Plus announced was going to be. Some of it is day one launch material. Some of it is stuff that they're like over the course of the first year. But uh, some of those things include, I think, at launch the uh, the Disney Vault, or whatever they call it now. They don't call it the Vault anymore, right? The Signature Collection. I uh, think. No, it's, I uh, you know the oh, classic. The yeah, the classic animated movies will all be available uh, on on launch. Uh, they confirmed a bunch of TV series, including. Uh, the one with uh, Wanda, Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, and Vision. One with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And one with Loki. 
That's pretty crazy. I know we talked about this before that it seemed really crazy that they would be doing TV shows, online streaming TV shows with movie stars, but here we are. They're doing those. I don't know how long I don't know how long they're going to be. I don't know if they're going to be more like mini series. I assume they they're like I mean, they don't I was going to say they don't feel like these would be like 13 episode shows. Um, I, just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it. Uh, they announced, uh, I mean, we knew the Mandalorian was coming. Uh, there was even some footage of that at Star Wars Celebration, some behind the scenes uh, footage stuff. Uh, that's the show with uh, Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano and Carl Weathers. Uh, I think Giancarlo Esposito is in it. Werner Herzog is in that show. Holy cow. I want to see that, actually. Uh, there's a... They announced the Cassian Andor show with uh, Diego Luna reprising his role. And uh, I think they announced that Alan Tudyk is going to be back playing K2SO. So there's all that stuff. There's going to be a, a documentary series documenting the making of Frozen 2. I presume this will probably go on to cover other things. Uh, they announced uh, or other animated projects. They announced a bunch of uh, Nat Geo stuff for Disney+, Plus, including The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I know. A series told through the prism of Goldblum's inquisitive and entertaining mind with each episode centered around something we all love, like sneakers or ice cream. Honestly, I think this is just one of those shows where somebody was like, you know what, I think I could listen to Jeff Goldblum talk about anything. And they're like, you know what, let's make a TV show about that. Yeah. Uh, So, yep, that's a thing. Uh, Obviously, they they already mentioned Star Wars The Clone Wars is returning. Uh, They're bringing that animated show back. Uh, at least for 12 episodes. Uh, there's just a, a ton, a ton of stuff uh, that are uh, a bunch of movies, obviously. They announced that, you know, if you can think of a big Disney umbrella movie that's coming out this year or came out last year, all of these movies will be available on the Disney Plus uh, uh, streaming service. Presumably, uh, before they land anywhere else, I'm guessing. Uh, although maybe they want to do a digital release first. I don't. Actually, that will be interesting now that they'll have their own streaming service. It'll be interesting to see how they handle their digital and physical release strategies. Like, do they want to make their money there first and then get people to come to the streaming service, or do they want I would to entice imagine them? They do something similar as Netflix. Like their Netflix deals, they get them a month after it's been on sale mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering. Uh, I, maybe it'll just depend on how well the service is doing subscriber wise. I imagine this will do really well subscriber wise, but you know, maybe they want to entice people uh, to go to the service first. So maybe you know you can see. Uh, the new Lion King movie before it's available on digital or Blu-ray by signing mm-hmm. up for Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe they go that route, but so I mean, look. I'm with, more curious if they're gonna 
implement ESPN in some way later and use the live sports rights. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's what the future is going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously they're going to have Hulu as well. I'm then sure cable's probably. dead. I mean, if they don't have live sports on cable, then they're dead because that's where they get their money. Is yeah, that's how everybody. That's how everybody in television is. Well, not everybody in television, but that's how a lot of people are making money uh, right now. Lucrative contracts for live sports because uh, networks believe that that is DVR proof, and it largely is. People don't want to miss their live sporting events. It's no fun to to talk or engage in sporting events after they've already occurred and you haven't seen them yet. So, you know, that's usually a live experience, so it makes sense that people are paying top dollar for that. Uh, it doesn't make sense that people are paying top dollar for that for pro wrestling, but uh, which they are. Maybe they've confused people into thinking that they're live sports and DVR proof, but they're far from that. But other than that, Glenn, you're right, yeah. Uh, they live sports is kind of like the king. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, look. Also, what's... happy birthday to Tim Curry. Hey, a happy birthday to Tim Curry. The, uh, God, what was, I can't remember the name of his character now from, uh, shit. Dr. Frankenfurter. That's what it is, Dr. Frankenfurter. And no, I was not thinking of the name of his character from Home Alone 2, which I don't even know if he even has a name, actually. Uh, uh, he's just the concierge. Right? He's the concierge. Uh, but look, with this uh, with this level of content, and at that price point, we'll definitely be getting this streaming service from Disney. Uh, look, I'm just I, wondering how many people they're going to lose, like with Hulu. You know that that's where I think it's going to be more of the poaching it mm-hmm. from Hulu because I think the big thing, like for me, I hate that Hulu has two. T- because they have an ads version and they have a non-ads version. Yeah. And that's stupid to me. I I'm agree. curious as to if they're going to do like, oh, if you buy Disney Plus and Hulu, it's going to be this combined price point. Yeah, there are people talking about how they may bundle them together for sure. Because Amazon does that too. Like you get a little bit better deal if you like run HBO through Amazon or Stars or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of HBO... Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the season, whatever it is, season eight premiere numbers for Game of Thrones, but a couple people still watching that show. I think it did uh, like 17 million viewers uh, for the premiere episode. Uh, one of my favorite places to watch uh, business analysis things. I love watching Dan Merle do his charting show on Screen Junkies. And they did, like, a fun thought experiment where what if the season premiere episode of Game of Thrones was a movie uh, based on the average ticket price in America, based on the number of people reported to have watched it. And then I think Dan went and did an unscientific Twitter poll to kind of gauge how many people watched the episode by themselves or how many watched in viewing parties, because television ratings kind of only account for households, not necessarily how many eyeballs were watching it uh but uh in his conservative unscientific poll presuming everyone uh who watched the show because it was like 17 million uh it was like 17 million households but the low ball guesstimate of actual eyeballs based on viewing parties and things like that was somewhere closer to 30 to 40 million 
It would be oh, like I believe it. it would be based on the average ticket price in America. That premiere episode of Game of Thrones, presuming all of those people wanted to see it and were willing to pay a ticket to go see it, and then did that, it would be the top grossing movie of all time in the United States. So it's a pretty. I mean, it's actually that's a tiny number. I mean, obviously there are those famous numbers for like the Mash finale, which did like a hundred million people. Uh, you know, and I, I guess if you want to include sports numbers, because they're you know gargantuan sports ratings numbers as well, uh, seventeen million is actually tiny. Well, uh, I mean, I know with Game of Thrones, I know even people here they did a lot of viewing parties. All my friends that watch it, yeah, so. we'll only do a viewing party of two because I need to pay attention <laughs> to that show. And if there's too many people in a room, you can't pay attention. Like you start talking to people and. Next thing you know, you've missed whatever's happened. Uh, they complain how they don't know the names. <laughs> yes. Come on, get your house name straight, everybody. It's not It's not that hard. It's not Lord of the Rings hard. It's hard, but it's not Lord of the Rings hard. Uh, all right, so back on track to the Star Wars talk. Uh, so they did do Star Wars, the Star Wars celebration thing, and they did talk about Disney Plus stuff there, and they did show Mandalorian stuff there, and... They did reveal stuff for a new video game, but this isn't the gaming podcast, so I'm not really going to talk about that here either. Uh, that'll probably get saved for the, the gaming show. Uh, but there are some rumors circulating about the next trilogy of Star Wars films that are being created by, speaking of Game of Thrones, what a Cinema Geekly ham-fisted segue this all is. Uh, Benioff and Weiss, uh, the creators of the Game of Thrones television show, are, uh, now that that show is wrapped, they are moving on to do Star Wars movies for Disney, and the the room the rumor circulating, and this rumor gets constantly circulated. But it kind of makes sense. You're bringing in Benioff and Weiss. They are the creators of a very popular television show, and they are very good at making that style of show. So it sounds like it's time for the rumors to sort of meet together and actually make sense for a change. Uh, the talk here is that uh, Disney wants to open up the Star Wars timeline and appeal to a more Game of Thrones style audience uh, so they want uh, or uh, supposedly this Benioff and Weiss trilogy of movies is going to take place during the time of the Old Republic long before the Skywalker shit it sounds like they really want to move past the Skywalker stuff, Glenn uh, there's supposedly the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which takes place after, and the, uh, this Benioff and Weiss trilogy supposedly taking place before. Uh, are you already burned out on all this Star Wars stuff, Glenn? Or are you, are you interested because it's finally moving away from all of the stuff that this franchise is focused on for decades and decades and decades? Um, I guess I'm, it's kind of indifferent. <laughs> you're not, let's you're, make, let's make something new guys. I mean, they, they could be making something new here if it's not. No, I mean like new IP. Let's just make a, Oh, you're just tired of the IP in general. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you can't do that, man. To it's our, too big a risk. It's time for us to make our own Indiana. Let's get going. Ah, you can't do that anymore, sir. It's just, it's too I, big a risk. I, to... I mean, we did it with uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, I know it's based on a book, but, I mean, come on now. 
how many people read that book before it. Oh, like, you know, nowhere near as many people watch the show, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm sure the show... I mean, I'm sure I'm positive the show boosted book sales, but um, the books are even more, like, dense than the show is, so if Mm -hmm. you get lost watching the show, don't try the books. It's, you know, it's a far more material to to delve into uh, in the books, but... I don't know. I'm I, look. I agree with you. I'm all for new I because I don't mind new IP. New IP excites me. Uh, I love new ideas and I like looking at things in a different way. I just know that, or at least the perception is, that those are too risky, and they fail more times than they succeed, and people just want, right? At least right now, anyway, they just want the familiar. I'm okay with that too. I don't mind familiar. I I will welcome more Star Wars movies on under the pretext that they're doing something different with the IP, uh, which this at least sounds like it would be. Uh, so I don't mind it, but I'm also with you. I wouldn't mind if we just came up with something brand new. But I I mean I don't know. I'm not I'm not diving that deep I into think the, the other thing is that you know they <clears throat> they like to take the big swings and. Mm-hmm. Now, with if you have a new IP, you, you, I feel like you probably have to use the Blumhouse model. Yeah, and... you have to start small and work your way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't start big. Uh, I feel like, I mean, it's not. You know what? No, never mind. I take that back. I'm just going to say, like, you know what? It's <laughs> you know, it, it's happened kind of recently because I was thinking of like Iron Man. Like, they started essentially the IP of the MCU in general. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's... But that was also... Around, but it's different. But that was also, like, a long time ago. 2008. Yeah. That I mean, was, look at I, Fast and the Furious. That was, what, 2001? Yeah, that was... This was a decade ago. We are talking about how many new IPs cropped up since then that are, like, on... Successful. On this level. Yeah, not very many. I'd like John Wick. I mean, that's really the only one I could really think of. That's, yeah, uh, and I'm excited for that movie too. But you know, yeah. the, obviously, you're talking about a pretty small scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing there, like it's nowhere near as big. I mean, even if you're not looking for anything as near as big as Star Wars or uh, MCU or DC movies or something like that, even if you're thinking smaller scale, there's not that many. Uh, you had the like the Hunger Games movies, they crept in there for a little bit, and they did okay. Uh, you know, John Wick, as you mentioned. I'm trying to think of some other stuff. That I mean, I, Avatar, but, I mean, damn James Cameron. I mean, it's taking you a decade to make a second one. He really is taking his time with these uh, second through 15th uh, films uh, that he's... I actually don't know how many he has planned, but I have heard it's quite a few. Uh, which is funny to me because everybody talked about how thin the plot was of that first movie. It's like, what else can you do with this world? It's not, it doesn't seem like that complex of a place. A different alien race comes in that's not human and tries to raid planet. Yeah, it's not unobtainium this time. It's like... They're going to do like the planet's blowing up. We got to leave home and find a different one. I'm sure that's... Yeah. And they get to that planet and they have a rarium shortage or something uh i don't know i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of pun driven natural resource names but 
I'm I'm kind of unobtainium seems like the uh, the the king of those. I'm, I really don't think you can go higher from there. But uh, and maybe he won't try. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm okay with them going back in time with this Star Wars thing. I think you can kind of. If you get what I'm saying, I think you can kind of create, like, a new IP within an existing IP. No, you, you can, you can. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's possible, but it, it is just... I think, for me, I'm getting tired of the, connect, the connectedness of it, because mm-hmm. I, I think, in a lot of ways, you can see... The, I mean, it's like the minor, minor, minor complaint of Infinity Wars. It's just, well, we all know these people aren't dead, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, all these things got to be connected. It's the stakes are always taken out. Of, mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm kind of getting tired of is just knowing that it's on to the next one. Or whenever we talk about a prequel, it's like, well, I know this person, this person, yeah. this person die. So why should I give a crap? So luckily, I think at least, at least in this scenario, if those rumors are true and they're doing like Knights of the Old Republic, you know, maybe not movies based off of those games, but movies based off of the time frame in which those games take place. It's like long before any of the characters from any of the movies ever existed. So, you know, as long as they don't keep, as long as they keep the stakes in a smaller circle, like it's not like galactic wide stakes. Cause you know, the, you know, the galaxy survives. You've seen all the other star Wars movies. Uh, so if they keep the stakes at a more personal level surrounding the characters that, you know, you're going to be learning about and they're not directly tied to, um, you know, it'd be like doing a Abraham Lincoln movie and making the stakes of that movie like, you know, oh my God, will America survive? Like, you know, America will survive. But if you make the stakes more about his family, I mean, I guess Abraham Lincoln's a bad, <laughs> bad uh point for comparison because we know his history so you can't do a lot of uh stakes with abraham lincoln but i, I think I mean, you, you can you just turn him into a vampire hunter yes that's correct uh yeah so but i mean i think you know what i'm i'm saying no, like if you if you keep the stakes on a smaller scale um you can tell interesting and engaging stories hopefully in a in a different way uh than they've done in previous star wars films i'm, I'm actually kind of excited uh, only because I'm, I'm hoping they do something completely new and different, uh, you know, within that universe, but something we haven't seen before. Cause it feels like, you know, you've seen, you've seen kind of everything. So, uh, speaking of that, we should talk about this, uh, Star Wars episode nine teaser trailer before we move on to the reviews. Uh, so this was revealed at Star Wars celebration as well. I just presumed they were going to reveal the name of the movie, because up until that point, they'd not even revealed the name. Uh, But I was watching this live on YouTube, actually. I didn't even know Star Wars Celebration was going on until I stumbled across it. And uh, then I'm like, well, surely, because they're like, we've got a teaser trailer. And I'm like, well, surely they won't show this on YouTube. This is like the shit that they always black out or whatever. But no, they went ahead and showed it as well. And then they released it, uh, you know, outwardly uh shortly thereafter so the film is star wars episode nine 
is it the rise of Skywalker? Or is it just rise of Skywalker? It's something like that. Something rise of Skywalker. Maybe the. I thought it was rise of the Skywalker. It's something like that. I thought it was plural. Skywalker rising. Uh, can we like and the word rise from movies now? <laughs> like, can we just can we just stop? Like, there is a lot of rising. Yeah. Not not nearly enough relaxing. Yeah. The ri- okay. The rise of Skywalker. Is it the rise of Skywalker? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, impressions, Glenn, on this uh, two minutes of of cut together clips from a Star Wars film. I uh, Mark Hamill was the Joker in the trailer, but other than that, I um... love the meme that has come from this. <laughs> Uh, my favorite one was somebody's like, oh man, did anybody catch Seth Rogen's cameo in the Star Wars trailer where they just put Rogen's laugh in at the end? <laughs> and then Rogen even responds with, it was an honor to work on this project. I think he tweeted something along those lines. Uh, okay, maybe he got enough money to pay his people for uh, that animated movie. Now, okay, we should, I mean, I'm not going to clarify just yet. We'll talk about it when we talk more about the trailer, but... Did this come... I'm wondering where this came from. Did this come from a place of, like, we all know what they're hinting at, we're having fun with it? Or did it come from a place of, there are people who legitimately didn't know what it was? I'm curious. What? Oh, the the laugh. Obviously, the, uh, the laugh that has been memed in this trailer. I'm wondering if it came from a perspective of people, like, just having fun with it, they knew what it was. Or did this originate from a point of view where there were people who didn't know what it was? Because uh, there's some people, I feel like, who legitimately didn't know what this signified in some way, which also made me feel old. But uh, I'm presuming this just came from a standpoint of, like, it just sounded similar to other maniacal laughter, and therefore people started having fun with it, but... Long story short, it's, you know, uh, what's his name? Palpatine, the emperor, yeah. the emperor. Uh, I don't know. So what did, what did you think of this trailer outside of Mark Hamill appearing as the Joker and as Luke Skywalker in the same trailer? Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, they didn't really show you much. Uh, no. I guess we pull. That's about I really don't. I don't know say about this. Well, I mean, it's it's not particularly long. Yeah, it's a real it's a real teaser in which they just tease some things. How Um, funny would be if that moment is not in the movie though? Oh, the laugh. No, the flip. Oh, the oh the flip. I look. I watched that. And that didn't feel like something that's in the movie to me. Like, that's, like, one of the first things I got watching that was, like, I don't know, this, it felt like it was shot for the trailer. That's what it felt like to me watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I was just waiting for her to say, hip, you know, and then... Uh, <laughs> like the Joker. Uh, and the speeder just turns, you know, and crashes instead. I mean, it felt, to me, the way it was shot, the sound, the particular, I mean, even down to the particular shots they choose, like, felt like it was, like, a commercial for, like, 
running shoes or something. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't feel like a. It, to me, it didn't come across incredibly cinematic. No, it didn't feel like. Like I said, it felt. I watched it and it felt like something they made for the trailer. It's definitely like a, city, a second unit director did this. That's kind of what it felt like. I mean, look, the tension, the landscape, uh, the flip at the end, like that all looked real cool. And so I get it, but it also felt like that's not part of the movie, right? That's something they made for the trailer. Like that running scene at the end of the Infinity War trailer that everyone was like, holy shit, look at this. And then it's not in the movie. At, like nothing even close to that is actually in the movie. It's a, It was the completely made up shot for the trailer. Uh, which is bonkers, but they know how to cut. They know how to cut a trailer together. Uh, I was engaged. I mean, I was going to go see this movie anyway because I want to see the end of the story. Uh, there are some people who viewed this as. I mean, I don't know how people can. I mean, obviously, I know how people can because they'll look at this trailer with two minutes of footage with a bunch of interconnected shots. Uh, that may or may not relate to each other in any way, and they've now derived the entire purpose of this film, which apparently, Glenn, is to completely retcon Ryan Johnson's movie, which may, well, I mean, that may actually happen, but it also may not happen. Uh, I mean, also, it's not like we haven't had forces, you know, I mean, like, him coming back in what capacity, you know, it's, I'm sure... Or, you know, Kylo putting his helmet back together... Uh, you know, like, oh, they're oh, completely he killed. Well, he killed the guy who said that he needed to quit being a baby. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to like, to me, that's not retconning what happened in the last movie. No, it's, I'm pretty it's sure JJ is not progression versus yeah. what was last Jedi. In fact, I'm pretty sure JJ is not going to retcon much. Uh, the, I mean, the end of this, the end of well, this, you're going to, more toys with Kylo Ren with the helmet on. It's not, I mean, yeah. The I mean the end of the end of the trailer. So this this I don't whole see tra- too many kids running around in Halloween masks, but yeah. that are uh, Adam Driver instead of Kylo Ren. Yes. Uh, although I want to see a bunch of kids wearing creepy plastic rubber Adam oh, Driver masks. That could be the new. That could be the new Mike Myers mask. Turn that yeah. sucker inside <laughs> out. <laughs> sure could. Uh, so. You had this whole trailer being narrated essentially by Luke Skywalker, who is setting up the the big tease at the end. Uh, but I also am pretty sure he's talking to like all of the really angry Star Wars fans that got really, really angry about Star Wars uh, by trying to calmly tell them, like, don't worry, everybody, nobody's gone forever. Uh, I think they cut out the lines where he's like, this is just a fake movie, don't get too uh, enraptured in it. Uh, I think they cut those lines from the trailer, but he was very subtly warning, you know, letting them know that it's okay, we're not really gone, you know, we're all kind of here, you can watch our movies anytime you want to, kids. Uh, but in the in the context of this trailer, well, it was... Well, that's not what they want. You know, we got to get back to having the male leads. Um, yeah. You know, we got to get rid of all this feminism, obviously, I'm, but that is definitely... There's a there's got to be like a Definitely. whole. Oh, oh, get... they are they exist. I'm not gonna name names, but yeah, there are people like that who exist. 
I'm pretty sure there's like a whole half hour outtakes of him narrating where he's like, look, I know you wanted a, a Luke Skywalker movie, but I'm just too old now to do that on my own. And they waited too long to try to, to do this. So I'm sorry. We told the story that we told, and I'm really, I'm really sad that it's not the one that you wanted. Uh, but in the, in the context of this trailer, when he said no one's really gone, that's the setup for the Palpatine laugh as the, our group, uh, J.J. Uh, Abrams said that this is very much a group movie. The group is all together. Uh, and this is an adventure they go on together. So they are looking on the... Uh, presumably, they're on Endor. Not the forest moon of Endor, which is someplace different. I'm guessing this is straight-up actual Endor. Uh, and they're looking at the ruins of the second Death Star. So, uh, although some people have said that this does feel like a retcon in so much as that they feel like they're retconning the message of the second of Ryan Johnson's movie, which granted that message largely was coming from the villain, Kylo Ren telling people to, you know, let the past die. But also if you watch the movie and like Ryan Johnson is kind of like a filmmaker who comments on movie tropes. Uh, so like, even though the bad guy was saying these things, he made a movie that was intentionally subversive, uh, even though in a lot of ways it was almost an exact clone of Empire Strikes Back in terms of what happens to characters in this movie. Uh, it was like a more cleverly done copy than Force Awakens was of A New Hope. Uh, it was just done more cleverly, but some people are saying that was like the direction he wanted to take star Wars in. let's not do what you expected. Uh, and then this new movie comes along and it's like, Hey kids, remember death star, remember Palpatine, uh, you know, going back to familiars. Yeah. So, the JJ nostalgia special. Yeah. Uh, now I'm hoping this won't be an exact duplicate of return of the Jedi. If you want to copy a new hope, that's fine. That's a good movie to copy. If you want to copy, uh, Empire, that's a great movie to copy from. Uh, Jedi? Mm. What if he copies Revenge of the <laughs> Hey, look, <laughs> if he can make a good Revenge of the Sith, I'm there. I still maintain that's the best of the prequel. Or no, it, wait, no, I think it's... I think Phantom Menace is the best of the prequel movies. Never mind. Uh, I take that back. If he can make a good... If he can make a good Revenge of the Sith or whatever it is, I'm all for it. Uh... Obviously, the title, Glenn, meant to spark speculation. The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I mean, but I don't know. At this point, I guess it's what I'm tired of. I'm just tired of all the, the hoopla and yeah. the, the spec. Uh, just, mm -hmm. just name a movie. Can it, can it not always have to be a wink and a nod to the audience? Like, does this really have to turn into an interactive game? I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and he started this all with a damn Cloverfield campaign when that damn movie came out, and it was like, <laughs> go on the internet and look at pictures and this and that. Try to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it's clearly this is designed to spark talk. Is Ray going to be a Skywalker? They're retconning everything else. Apparently, supposedly, is Ray a Skywalker? Is Finn a Skywalker? Is Poe a Skywalker? Is Lando Calrissian actually Lando Skywalker? I don't know. Lando was in this trailer, by the way, everybody. 
Lando's uh, got too much swag to be a Skywalker. That's true. He, uh... By the way, I don't know if you saw the... To me, the best meme to come out of this whole thing was uh, still shots from Solo, A Star Wars Story, where it's like young Lando, or, yeah, young Lando being like, I want my ship back, and young Han's like, over my dead body, and then it cuts to Lando in this movie in the Falcon with the big laughy face. <laughs> that was awesome. I wonder, if they're gonna, I wonder how much of uh, Solo they're going to have. Yeah. The um. I wonder if they're just gonna ignore that movie. I'll. Uh, I mean, yeah, Lando's love droid is like in the computer or something. I wonder if they're gonna bring yeah, that up. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they would. Uh, I mean, there's really. I mean, like, I haven't seen you in thirty years, honey. Ever since we made that run, <laughs> the Kessel Run, Money and Falcon, all. The- well, the, no, whenever he actually led the... Oh, fight. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, outside of that, that movie didn't really add anything to the lore of Star Wars. Oh, I'm just saying, but that's its one deal. I've, I hope that... The... I hope they bring it up, because, like, hey... You know what? If Ryan Johnson was directing this movie, he would definitely subvert our expectations by having a love-made theme with Millennium Falcon. That's right. Well, uh, the transport bay. Expectations subverted. Uh, look... <laughs> There is, uh, to me, the best take from this came from Kevin Smith and uh, if uh, about the title of the film. And I'll actually be disappointed if it turns out to not be true. Because it seems like the best possible answer, given the title of this movie, uh, and his hypothesis is that uh, nobody turns out to be a Skywalker by blood in this movie. Plus it wouldn't make any sense based off the timeline we've been given for Luke. It's never really even been hinted at in this universe that he has kids or even had relationships to have kids in. Uh, Kevin's, Kevin's take was that, uh, the, the prophecy kind of set forth in the last movie, not even necessarily a prophecy, but the message that kept being sent forth by Luke, by Kylo Ren, it's time for the Jedi to end this Jedi, this Sith stuff, it doesn't matter anymore. He's saying, like, his idea is Jedis are replaced and the new religion is the Skywalker religion, which would actually be a really funny comment on Star Wars fandom, I think, in in some ways. But, like, you know, so people aren't Jedis anymore. They're, they're Skywalkers, all of them. Oh, uh, Lord. Which, look, I like that take the best because... It's not. It doesn't end in a silly bloodline thing of like, you know, Mori Povich doesn't have to come out at the end of this fucking movie and be like, "Here's who the Skywalker is." But what if? I don't care who the Mori Skywalker Povich is. Didn't come out. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing. But uh, you know, like, I don't. I don't care. The only person yeah. who would even be meaningful for would be Ray. And I think they did an amazing job in the last movie by making her a nobody. Like, you know, you don't have to be a fucking Skywalker or Solo. Remember, there were Jedis and shit before those guys. You don't have to be one of those people to to be somebody. Uh, so I was perfectly happy with that. I, yeah, just as long as you got a good uh, midichlorian count. Then that's yes. All <laughs> yes. 
Uh, we just got to check you for those Medichlorians. Uh, they stopped checking for those a long time ago, I think. But, uh, you know, I feel like they'd probably head in that direction. And yes, in poorly managed hands, that could be pretty mangled, but maybe it'll be okay. Uh, and I certainly like it better than a big reveal of, you know, guess what? You're really a Skywalker. I mean, look, if they want to do that, like, Kylo Ren's like part Skywalker anyway. His mom's a Skywalker. Just doesn't have a, you know, she was like adopted. So, whatever. But he's got Skywalker blood. Maybe he'll be the good guy at the end of this. I don't know. But, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be best if it kind of kind of ended in, in that way. And we sort of just ended the whole Jedi thing. Jedis are done. Siths are done. And we can move forward. I mean, and also, that would free up any future movies that take place after this don't have to be same old, same old Jedi Sith related things. Although you could argue that, you know, if it is Skywalker is the new religion, then, you know, they're just a reskin Jedi. Uh, so you could make that argument as well. But this will be a big movie, Glenn. The real question is, will it be bigger than Endgame? I think. Uh, probably not. I don't think it will. Uh, I think they lost, for, you know, for better or for worse, rightly or wrongly, I'm pretty sure they lost some goodwill with that last Star Wars movie. Uh, although I maintain that over time, that movie will become more appreciated, but... Well, we so does the prequel, so, you know. They sure did. That, uh, that audience, Glenn, you're just gonna keep burning <laughs> away at me with this. Look, well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm only making the Look. argument. I don't think the prequels are any good, but... Uh... Yeah, see, to me, to me, what grinds my gears about the younger generation who likes those prequel movies, I am not without my own uh, faults when it comes to movies I like. I like, I like bad movies from... Uh, yeah, but let's keep this, let's keep this in, like, the movie genre. I know. I'm just... uh, let's keep it in the movie realm. Uh, I like bad movies from my time as a child growing up, but yeah, I, I space but I recognize that they're bad. My problem is that there's a subset of people who grew up with these prequel movies who insist that they are good, that they're not like oh they're so bad they're good or I know they're kind of bad but they're my childhood I love them. There are people who are like no these are great movies and I will try to prove it to you. Uh, those are the ones that, like, make me feel really old. Like, I usually am not the kind of person who's like, ah, I don't get kids these days. Because for the most part, you know, I get it. I can see the appeal in things. But I do not get the people that are like, no, those prequel movies are really good. Genuinely. And not in, like, an ironic sense. I can't get... I can't wrap my head around those people. Uh, all right. Let's not talk about Star hey, Wars. there are some people who apparently thought this new Hellboy movie that's why it's at 11 percent i've got to see it uh yeah because i've I seen know. the other hellboy movies but i have heard not good things yeah my employee thought it's a movie i've ever seen i wanted to walk out so bad but i just i couldn't do it because i'm not the one who drove <laughs> was for, like, wait for oh, what for hellboy she oh. saw it the other day She's oh like, have yeah, you seen it then no, I haven't. She just said it was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and she wanted to walk out. She wasn't the one who drove there, so yeah. she couldn't walk out. And uh, and then she was like, "Yeah, we had two choices: is this or Dumbo?" And I thought, "Oh, you know, at least Hellboy might just be prettier. I have no interest in Dumbo." And I'm like, "Well, you could have seen uh, Shazam, like I told you to." And she's like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I could have, couldn't I? Man, I feel stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the movie's amazing, but I would imagine it's better than either of them. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a great segue, Glenn. I know it is, isn't it? Uh, for me to talk about Dumbo, which I did see. Uh, so this is like the first of like, what, four Disney animated movies? And by the way, speaking of Disney animated movies, we didn't talk about this, but Disney Plus announced that there will be a live action Lady in the Tramp movie on Disney Plus. What? Yeah. Lady and the Tramp live action movie on Disney Plus. We already got Homeward Bound. Isn't that kind of the same thing? <laughs> Homeward Bound? Uh, really. I guess Homeward Bound's really the version of, yeah. of that. Because it's all about family. Yeah. Um, and the dogs and cats. Alright, so let's talk about Dumbo real quick. This is Tim Burton. This is one of the, I think one of like four, three or four live action Disney movies coming out well, this year. Well, you've got... Well, this year it's Dumbo just came out, and then we've got Aladdin and Lion, Lion King. King, Maleficent. Yeah, I don't really count Malef- Maleficent. She's sort of like or a. Mulan. I don't know if Mulan comes out this year or next. Year. I think Mulan is next year. Uh, so I don't count Maleficent because she's she was a character in a Disney animated thing that they've made into the, its own thing, but. I'm talking more about, I guess, like, the animated movies that are getting remade into live action. Yeah, like, pretty much it's the exact same story. They don't change it at all. Well, sort of. Because, as you know, if you've ever seen the original Dumbo animated movie, it's really more of Dumbo the animated episode of television. Yeah, it's like, what, like, not even an hour long? Yeah. Uh, so... And isn't the new Dumbo, like, over two hours? It's no, it's not quite two hours. It's like an hour and forty minutes. Okay, well, it's still an extra With, hour of content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first thirty, the first thirty minutes of Dumbo uh, is essentially the Dumbo story in live action form. Uh, and then, though, the movie has to expand because you can't do a thirty-minute feature film. Has to be at least uh-huh. an hour and a half. I wonder if they did. They should have done this as a short, like before. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, first the positives. Uh, it's not a bad looking movie. In fact, Tim Burton's visual style, I think, is kind of toned down uh, from his usual. Which well, they did like actual sets for this movie, right? They they, they did actual sets. There's no dead trees or weird curly things. Uh, for the most part, no skeletons or anything. Uh, for the most part, I his style was toned down for the better. I think it kind of looked okay as a movie. Uh, there's some weirdness, a lot of weirdness in this movie, though. Uh, largely not in like the Tim Burton is a weird guy and therefore makes weird movies kind of way. Uh, this was just strange in other ways. So this movie takes place in the 40s and mm-hmm. is. Other than the fact that there's a flying elephant that seems to understand English and has an incredibly anthropomorphized face, outside of the actual character of Dumbo, everything else is really weirdly grounded in reality. Like, Dumbo's mom is a straight-up normal elephant who has no anthropomorphized features. It doesn't talk. It doesn't understand English. It's just an elephant. Uh, Like, every... Is there a mouse? There is a mouse in, like, a little weird uniform. Like, they dressed him up in a little uniform and stuff. But he doesn't talk. He doesn't understand English. 
It's just a he mouse. Boss Dumbo around. He doesn't teach him how to fly. No, no, nothing like that. The kids teach oh. him how to fly. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. So you know, there's, there's that. Uh. It's the you know so they're doing an they're doing a movie that takes place in the 1940s but they're making this movie in 2019 so even though this movie is technically a period piece they're doing 2019 uh you know morality tales essentially it's anti big corporation it's anti uh animal captivity which just feels really strange for a I mean, movie. That was a thing. I mean, the reason why we have the FDA on the yeah, but 19. it's it's kind of weird that I mean, and the people were I mean, people aren't even very people are more anti-zoo now than ever before. But in the forties, they definitely weren't nearly as anti-zoo or animal captivity or even animal cruelty yeah, as people are now. It's cert- yeah, it just felt weird to me. Like, they put the movie yeah. in this time space, but we're doing, like, 2019 morals surrounding it. It just felt, uh, well, it felt tacked on, like the end of the movie did. Uh, it didn't feel organic in any way. Uh, I will say this. Uh, if you've been dying to see Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito come together again since Batman Returns, now is your chance. Because uh, they face off, but in reverse roles... Danny DeVito is the good guy who is the head of the, he's the ringleader of the circus. And Michael Keaton is the corporate billionaire guy who owns a, like a big theme park thing and wants Dumbo as his attraction. Now, some people have described Michael Keaton's portrayal as somebody, uh, like I saw somebody call him business Beetlejuice in this movie. (laughs) Because <laughs> he is pretty wacky in this movie. But I would describe him better as maybe like the villain of a Bioshock game. Like he would like oh, if so he's like Andrew Ryan. Yeah, or like or maybe even Bioshock Infinity would be better. Uh okay. he he's very much kind of like that sort of over the top villain. He's less wacky than Beetlejuice, but he's certainly over the top. Uh ultimately watching this thing. It was. It just felt too uneven for me. Uh, we were talking about Disney Plus earlier. This feels like a Disney Plus movie instead of a major theatrical release. Uh, it's an okay family film, but not much more than that. I gave it a two. Uh, so yeah, I would not recommend. Kids might like it, but there is really nothing else there for adults to enjoy, I didn't think. Uh, let's talk about Shazam, Glenn. Uh, you go first, though, since I just talked. Uh, I liked it. thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we said this was going to be a movie that we kind of judge where these movies are going. Yeah, this and... is kind of the first movie that was really fully under the auspices of the, the new head of the DC Walter... movies. Yeah. And... Uh... They all know who you mean. Yeah. Walter, Walter DC. Yeah. DC oh. Walter. Uh, uh, so, so I like that if the direction they choose to, it's probably not their best way, but to me, it's 
I do think for some of their characters, this is a better way to service for younger audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this kind of felt like the Superman movie we should have gotten. You know, a celebration of how strong and how awesome yeah. you can be. You know, like, it really was a celebration of their characters, mm-hmm. which is something they haven't done. Yeah. I mean, probably since, what, the... I mean, even... The Richard Donner Superman is probably the last time they did something this kind of kid friendly. Yes. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that was you know I like the fact that the bad guy. I mean, he had his motivations. You know, you get where he's coming from, but he's definitely a mustache twirler. Oh yeah. Know, and that, I thought that was fine. Uh, you know, I said I know Ben didn't particularly like this movie. He said it was like it seemed like he thought it was right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, it's. If you liked the Jumanji movie with The Rock in it, I felt like you would like this movie. Um, it's not as good as it could have been, but it's way better than it probably had any right or thought you would thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was fine. I, you know, to me, I think it's a bright way for them to go with the future. Just embrace the weird. You know, it's just like the new Wonder Woman movie. It's going to take place in the eighties. And Krista Wiggs gonna play a cheetah god. Like, embrace mm-hmm. it. Like, if this is what you're gonna do, just go with it. Like, who, who cares anymore? Don't just you know take off the brakes. Just go as fast as you can. Because yeah. I think if you crash and burn, like people are gonna be a lot more forgiving than playing it safe or you know being a little bit more pretentious about it. You know, at least I'll say with the Marvel movies, they, they tend to be not as pretentious. Now, I don't think that their movies. I'd say outside of Thor Ragnarok, I think they really did it with that, but they don't really celebrate their characters in this way. Because mm-hmm. um, they're just different types of movies. And yep. that, to me, I think if they're going to try and build out their own little niche, I think this is a, I think a solid way to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't have to make a billion dollars a movie. No, they know, don't. They can, if they can make three, four, you know, a hundred million and call it a day and make them for a smaller budget. I mean, to me, that's a win. Uh, so what would you give Shazam at the end of the day? I would probably give it like a 3.75. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, you could coax me into a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some stuff that, like, I thought the beginning, I mean, it was super dark and I, I wasn't worried. I think, I didn't think the movie was going to be like this. I think we saw enough of the trailer show that it wasn't, but it was a little Flunky with the like origin story of of the Doctor V or whatever the hell is yeah of Mark Strong. That was the only thing is it, it just felt a little clunky and I'm like oh man I hope it I hope the pacing isn't like this the rest of the movie. I think once they really got to Billy Batson, the pacing was fine. Um, mm-hmm. I love the huge fight scene at the end where all the kids. I mean this is all gonna be spoiler filled. Sorry guys. Spoilers obviously uh, yes for Shazam. I mean it's two weeks it. after the movie came out. That's not bad. Yeah, but uh, um, you know, I thought the whole big thing where all the kids turned into superheroes. Like, I like that it was a fight, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a space beam in the sky. It was just they fought in a Santa's Wonderland. <laughs> that was yes. Um, it really, it, you know, it felt like it felt like a '90s kids movies, but not in a not in a cynical way. Like, it really to me, I thought the movie did a good job of showing like joy and. I mm-hmm. Billy Batson had a good character arc. I think all the kids were pretty good. I wish they had more to do. But again, like it was nice to see just nice, good, wholesome parents. Like they weren't 
necessarily flawed. Like you could tell, like they probably don't make the most amount of money, but like they're good people. Yeah. Um, again, something like what you would do with the Kent. Like, it, it it really was like the movie we we haven't gotten in you know forty years. The you dad know? is uh, one of my favorite characters in The Walking Dead, actually. Oh, uh, okay, I didn't know he was Walking. Yeah, he's he plays Jerry. He's part of the kingdom, and I love him because he's he's a dude who doesn't realize he's in The Walking Dead. He's in a completely different show from like everybody else. Like he doesn't talk like he talks like nothing has changed. He's just like, you know, hey my dudes, <laughs> like to everybody. He's in the zombie apocalypse where everyone else is like angry and depressed and he's yeah. just happy and upbeat all the time. Doesn't matter. Uh I love it when he's like the daughter is trying to apply to school and he's like, Tell me your foster kid. College just love that shit. And it's like... Yeah. Well, as a foster child, <laughs> this no, was, um, it was, I, I was not expecting the family dynamics to be as good as they were. And that was, mm-hmm. um, you could tell they had the same casting director as it. I thought all the kids were, um, and some of them definitely underutilized, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was one of those that even if they didn't do a superhero, stuff, just like with it, like I didn't think any of the scary stuff was interesting. I just thought, the kids together was fun and yeah. that's how it felt with this movie is if they take away all the superhero stuff i think it's still a solid movie about kids growing up like that was that was kind of the nice thing they, that to me that's what kind of elevates the past anything of uh, me trying to compare it to any other kind of superhero movies they they did a good job i thought of just making the kids feel like kids yeah uh so I, you and I are not very far apart on this. Uh, I feel like the DCEU kind of has like a mini streak going. Uh, I mean, at least I think so. Uh, yeah, not like Aquaman was terrible. Like, no, I, I actually I actually liked Aquaman more than most. Uh, yeah. Like, I liked it as much as I liked Wonder Woman. I know there's a lot of people that think Wonder Woman is far, far, far better. Uh, I like them about equal. I mean, they're very different movies, obviously, but I like them about... Equally, I, I think I'm more referring to uh, because I think this mini streak starts with Wonder Woman, which means that I have to think Justice League was okay, and I did. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was just there. I think we tend to forget about that Justice League movie because it was just so okay. It happened. Like, yeah. It was just, there, there was but it wasn't bad. It, it, it wasn't like Suicide Squad or BVS or anything like that. Uh, it's, certain, it's certainly a little hiccup in their mini streak, but it's not like, Oh my God, that awful movie. It wasn't, it was fine. Uh, but they kind of got like a little mini streak going on here with, uh, with good movies. Uh, I, I liked Shazam a little less than I liked Aquaman or wonder woman, but, uh, it didn't like blow me out of the water or anything, but I'm right there with you. It was a fun, it had a lot of fun. It was really sweet. Uh, the, for me, the only real issue uh, at times was some of the humor was a mixed bag for me. Some stuff, like, I really laughed out loud at, and some stuff was, you know, like, uh, just crashed into the floor. Like, it, I, for some reason, the jokes didn't resonate with me. Uh, I agree with you mostly about the kids, too, uh, except for the one, the, the one that we see the most of is Billy Batson's the one I oh, guess, it would, right? yeah, the the kid with the cane, 
man, he was really uneven for me. Mostly, and it's not really his fault. I think he did a good job with what, you know, his job was, right? When they told him to do. But, like, I, for some reason, when, like, he's getting beat up by those bullies, and they almost run him over with their truck or something, yeah. and he's in there doing, like, quips and shit, like, I just, like, I know he's into superheroes, and I'm like, is that is that like a thing that happens now? Like, are kids these days, to sound old here, like so ingrained in movie culture or comic book culture that they actually talk this way for real now? Is that a realistic portrayal? Do kids do quips and shit when they're in the middle of fights? Because I remember when I was being bullied, I was just scared for my life. I didn't want to, like, quit back or I didn't have any punny things to say. Like, not Like, none of that stuff felt... All of that stuff felt not real to me. Like it, I don't, it didn't yeah. resonate with me. It I don't felt know. Fake. I was pretty quippy. Were you? It, yeah. yeah it, I mean, I was a bully, but I was I, the people I made fun of were the you know the varsity quarter. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I so for me that that sort of stuff didn't necessarily resonate too much. Uh, and Billy Batson, uh, whatever his name is, I don't remember. It's like something. It's like Asher something, Asher Angel, Asher Elcourt, Ansel Elcourt. I don't know. There's a lot of kids with names like this now, and I cannot keep track of it. It's like Game of Thrones, Glenn. Uh, It's impossible to keep with all these names. Uh, He was good, but I thought really everything hinged on Zachary Levi. Uh, Yeah, he was great. He was great. And that was the the thing is he he actually felt like a 13-year-old kid, whereas sometimes with Tom Hanks, he felt younger, like in Big. Yeah, he played. He went. He played too big. young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at times, this felt. I don't know how on the money this is, uh, but at times, this kind of felt like Diet Deadpool to me. Like not in a derogatory sense. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, like they kind of, they didn't. They never really broke the fourth wall, but boy, were they coming close to like winking at it a few times. Oh yeah, with all the superhero merch. Yeah, like there is a you know. And they reference some of the other movies, the Kryptonite Bullets and the Batarangs, and um, <laughs> there's a hilarious quasi cameo by Superman at the end of this. Uh, although <laughs> uh, I think it plays in, actually, I think it really plays into the. It's I actually think it's a really good joke. Yeah. Because uh, they only show you Superman from the waist down. Well, no, they show all the way up to the neck. Oh, up to the neck, yeah. Yeah, you don't see his face. But it's not... I mean, you don't see his face, so it's it's not whatever his name is. I can't... God, I, why can't... I'm, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. It's not Henry Cavill, because I guess he's not Superman anymore. Uh, but they're not recasting Superman right now. But they're kind of playing into the joke that we don't know who Superman is, so they don't yeah. show you Superman's face. So it's just from, like, the neck down. I thought that was kind of funny. And also... Uh, uh, a sweet ending. I loved... I thought it would have been funny if they did that with... If they could have had almost the whole crew together. So, like, not the whole crew, but the Trinity. So, like, you see Gal Gadot's face, but you don't see Batman's face, you know, the Superman's face. Like, I think... That, that would have been funny. Better. It's blocked yeah. by something. Yeah. Um, I, too, loved at the end where all of the kids got to become superheroes... And the uh, fact that Adam Brody was in a fucking superhero movie. I lost my <laughs> shit when he showed up as that kid. 
I about died. I thought it was, I was laughing so hard. And yeah. like, no one else was laughing. Like, that, I, <laughs> that moment was 100% for me. And it's because one of my friends and I, we, we talk about Adam Brody a lot. And yeah. I, I don't know why. But we, I've never even watched the OC. So the, the fact that he's in my vortex is the weirdest thing to me. Yes. But it's just, he's always like the name we talk about. Like, because he's not bad. Like, we kind of put him like, he's not Hayden Christensen, but he's kind of like those young guys who kind of became big, but like, yeah. never really got past that. So he's always like the one we talk about. Like, oh, we should, well, they can just have Adam Brody be the lead. In yes. And, uh, <laughs> so, like, when he showed up, I, I about died. But again, that was 100% just for me and my one friend who hasn't yet. To me, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, like I said, the humor was really hit or miss, but for some reason, my biggest laugh of this movie came from that fucking Santa Claus, which, <laughs> what he was also kind of hit or miss for me at times, because at times yeah. he was really wacky and shit, but he gets saved by the, the, the youngest uh, sibling, but mm-hmm. obviously she's like now an adult-sized, but yeah. she's still a kid, obviously. She saves the Santa that she was sitting on the lap of earlier. Uh, and before she leaves, she's like, oh, also, my name is blah, 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 and I really want this for Christmas. And he's just staring at her, and he's like, what? For some reason, that just, like, all this shit just happened. These creatures are attacking, and then this adult superhero saves his life. And then he's like, you know, then she's like, hey, I want this for Christmas. Uh, and then at the end, obviously, they're interviewing him, and he's just, like, swearing up a storm. Uh, that was also funny. Although, it felt like they were trying to take it to the level of it's funny, and then it stops becoming funny, and then it becomes funny again. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't quite reach that. It was funny, and then it stopped being funny, and then it never circled back around for me. Uh, yeah. Megan, Megan Good was very good. I thought, of all the ones who became a the one like she exactly like how that kid mm-hmm. like she i was like oh yeah no she's just that little girl like that was it I was mean, perfect in general they all yeah pretty good job but just because for her like she's kind of talks the most outside of freddie like that was mm-hmm. yeah and, and also, I, I could see freddie growing up in brody that also i really yeah and i really enjoyed all of the discovering the powers montage stuff the scene in the convenience store which they gave away a lot of in the trailers was actually yeah. Still a lot of fun here. Yeah, because she only get shot multiple times. Oh, yeah, we're afraid he's... Shoot him in the face. He's like, oh, are you bulletproof or is the suit bulletproof? Shoot him in the face. Uh, That was still great. And I love that, that they go in there to get beer, and then they both take a drink, and it tastes like shit because it's beer. So they spit it out, and then they just quick cut to them coming back out again with just a bunch of junk food. Yeah, yeah, that was all. That was all. Yeah, there was such a sense of fun. Uh, it told... Oh, the fact that he goes into a strip club and then the only the first thing that came to mind of where they escaped that realm is strip, strip club. That was, I thought that was a pretty <laughs> solid joke. I, um... So, you know, like, I like that they told the story from a perspective we obviously don't really get a lot of in comic book movies. Uh, the kid perspective, and then of course we're not just doing a kid's perspective, but we're doing like a like a foster kids thing. And um, he wants to seek out his mom. Turns out his mom's kind of horrible. Yeah, that was uh, man. That was that was a really good scene. And man, 
I'm. I kind of was thinking they were gonna do the whole, she's dead. Thing. I really thought that's what they were gonna do, but man. No, they're like she's alive, is... and also she like gave you up because she didn't. I mean, like there is oh, like the understanding that like I'm not good enough, but yeah. oh my god, you can't do it like that. Like just yeah. abandon them? No, you can't go that route. Uh, yeah, so. Th- uh, you know, but then that ties into like another thing, like the weird unevenness. I think it's the thing that prevented me from going higher. I gave this three and a half, so we're close. Uh, yeah. The only thing that you know, the only thing that prevented me from going higher, I think, was there's just a level of unevenness at times. Like the beginning of this movie, he's trying to get information on his mom, so he just breaks into like a police car to like tap into their, you know, their database system or whatever, and. The cop is just like, ah, oh, you don't you do? Ah, oh, you're stealing my lunch. Uh, like it did. Like it didn't felt. It didn't feel realistic at all. But you know, whatever. It had its moments of unevenness, but for the most part, it was real. It was like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once it once it kind of got going, and I then. The thing is, they had to figure out a way that he had get. He'd have to get in enough trouble. We want to keep. If it's to get him to the foster family, yeah. But that's what I mean. Is like once he gets the foster family, I didn't really have a whole lot of problems with the move. Right. Uh, I was. I was also. I am very. Again, like with all the uh, deadly sins, like the scene where he like murders family. Like, yeah. yeah. That was. Like uh, you can definitely tell there were hints of a horror director. Like, you know, the guy who did it was a horror director. Like mm-hmm. you tell and that was you could see you know, had some of those sequences in aquaman like if this is the way you know dc decides to go is let's hire horror directors because at least they know how to execute like tension uh, and moments yeah tension and stuff like dread i feel like you know you can see it even with like jordan peele's movies like uh mm-hmm. like executing comedy and executing horror you're you have to know how to get those beats right yeah you know they're just you're using it for different reasons I've really um, enjoyed his Twilight Zone as well. That's been pretty good. Oh so yeah, far. I haven't. Well, I want to watch it. Yeah, but I could if it's the way they go. I'm 100 percent okay with it. Uh, so yeah, by and large, and I didn't mention anything about Mark Strong, but that's because Glenn already said everything there pretty much was to say about his performance. He was a mustache yeah, I mean, he was twirler. Good. Yeah, was he was just, fine. Mustache twirler. He, I feel like he gets that role a lot. Yeah, he does. I will say, the worst person, and I don't know, I think it's just I don't like the actors, but the one who played that actor put her hand on the door, goodness. Mm-hmm. I well, thought she was in a whole different movie. The Cannibal oh, Winners. She, she was terrible. Um, well, so that's our thoughts on Shazam, but fear not. Uh, Glenn and I are going to be back sooner than usual because this whole Endgame thing is coming to a head very quickly. We're both going to see it. We're probably going to end up dedicating an entire podcast to it. Uh, it's the end of a very long chain of movies. I presume that they're going to be switching up direction after this one. So, you know, it'll be a pretty big event. Uh, it sounds like... All a, right. Who are we predicting who dies? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it feels... We can predict. Who's probably gonna die, and who we think should die? Because those are two different people. Uh, well, not for me. Uh, for me, it's uh, Captain America and Iron Man seem like the ones that will die, and also 
I think probably should. Uh, I mean, because they're not going to do... I mean, especially Iron Man, like, that dude, uh, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, I don't know what he's going to do outside of Marvel, but inside of he's Marvel... What's that, Glenn? He's making a Dr. Doolittle movie. Is he? I, I don't yeah. think that'll do all that well, but we'll see. No, uh, look, inside of Marvel, though, this guy has done all there is to do, and then some... Like, I really just don't know what else you can do. It feels like his story really has come all the way to the end now. And that should be it for him. Uh, same, I think same goes for Captain America. I mean, I mean, there is maybe more stuff you could do, but it also feels like it's been so long. It just feels like this is a good, natural ending. Yeah, all, all his friends are dead. I mean, out, like people he grew up with outside of them, they're all dead. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't think anybody else goes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some, maybe some other people do, but I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't feel, I mean, maybe if they do, it's only to be like, you know, some shit happened and it's final and here's the yeah. proof Falcon's dead yeah. or something. Uh, but I don't think it'll be anybody major, uh, if they do anything else at all. I don't know. What about you? Well, I think Cap's kind of the obvious choice. You yeah. know, like you said, it's closing of a chapter. You know, for him, he's, you know, he's lived longer than most of them. Mm -hmm. You know, he should be, he should be dead anyways kind of thing. Yeah. But the one, I was talking to my friend about it yesterday, and I, I don't think they would do it. But I do think as far as, like, power... And the fact that his character has seen so many others make sacrifice for himself. Yep. And also uh, has had a lot of one-on-ones about sacrifice and responsibility. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish it would be Rocket Raccoon. Mm -hmm. That is the one where I think as a narrative or as a story, I think that would be an interesting choice. Oh, me too. I think um, that that one to me is the one where if they did it, I think that would be a not a whole lot of people would be expecting. But when you think about it, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Again, he's the only one who didn't disappear from his team. Yep. Um, outside of Gamora, because she's you know in the Soul Stone or whatever. Yep. And it would for him his character like he goes from someone who's super selfish to sometimes helping out, but it he gets something in return for it to now, oh, he's the one who's making the ultimate sacrifice. Like that. Right. He's the one that has the most growth and we've already seen happen yeah. already. So um, I think it's just more it, the only reason why you do him or Cap is it's just closing of the chapter. And I think the other thing too is in real world, in our real world, we all know the contracts. Like that's the other thing that affects some of this is like, well, we know this is Cap's last movie as a contract. You know, they, would they kill him off? Or we know there is open see, the door. See, that's why. That's why I'm like, well, that's why Tony Stark's going to go because he's just like Rocket in the sense that he's been really selfish throughout the course of a lot of these movies. Even though he's unlike Rocket, he's trying to do the right thing. Rocket's kind of just concerned about himself. Uh, but even though Tony's always trying to do the right thing, he's always ends up doing it for selfish reasons or yeah, his ego selfishness. Always gotten in the way. His ego always gets in the way. So I see him doing the ultimate self-sacrifice thing because, you know, 
Uh, not only does it feel like it's a good time for his story to end, but also I think, you know, the contract might be up and they're making another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So, uh, I mean, your Rocket, I mean, it makes sense. It, it totally makes sense for Rocket for something like that to happen, uh, especially since so many others have been sacrificing for him and he's never the one um, yeah. sacrificing. Uh, yeah, I could totally, I could totally see that, but, you know, then like my stupid brain gets in the way and it's like, well, Robert Downey Jr. is not sticking around. And Well, I mean, I know the thing, I mean, the only spoiler thing I know is because a clip was titled Tony Stark is the new S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I could see, you know, again, for him, like, as an actor, the gig of being Iron Man is something that he could do forever because it's just a camera on his face. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he doesn't even have to be young to be Iron Man. The suit is the power. Yeah. Um, you know, he could be, you know, 60, 65, you know, 70 Which years old. Which goes against what we learned in Iron Man 3, but it is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I think that's a good point to wrap it up at. Uh, oh, yeah. we'll see, we'll see how this whole end game thing turns out, uh, in just a few short days. Uh, in the meantime, you can head on over to the website. Yeah, to I'll check watch out. it and then I'll spoil it for, for you. Oh, thanks. Uh, you can uh, head on over to the website. And by the way, uh, when we do return to talk about Avengers Endgame, of course, it will be spoiler heavy. So if you don't care about spoilers, great. But if you do, uh, you'll want to wait until after you've seen the movie to listen to us talk about it, obviously. Uh, yeah, you know, be sure to buy those overpriced uh, scalp tickets, you know, <laughs> to make sure you can be yeah. part of the conversation. If anybody spends, like, a huge amount of money for a ticket, I need to hear about it. And I need to hear your reasons why. But yeah, uh, I could just be like that guy who I mean, bought I, all the bought that whole theater of Star Wars. Yeah, well, I mean, look, <laughs> if you've got himself. yeah, if you've got fuck you money, and you're like, I just got a fuck you money, and I wanted to do it, and I'm like, okay, well, I understand. <laughs> uh, but if you're like, you know, a, a middle class guy, like, I need to know why you're spending five hundred bucks on a Star Wars or like a on an Avengers ticket. But all right, well, I don't think we're gonna hear from anybody doing that, but. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we will hear some news stories crop up about it. Uh, so yeah, in the meantime, head on over to the website, check out the archives of the show, and you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can hear Glenn and I come back soon. We're going to be talking about Avengers Endgame on another episode of the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Cinema Geekly.